obviously haunted. <laughs> obviously. Cool. <laughs> well, awesome. I gotta tell you why I was late, because I think it'll be funny. Oh, God. So, uh, we have a bidet. I, I don't know if I want to know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad of a story. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not that bad of a story. It's so we have a bidet and we moved recently and I hadn't set it. I say recently, it's been months, but like I hadn't set it up yet. So I thought for some reason, even though there was only 20 minutes or something until we were supposed <laughs> to start recording, now's the perfect time to set up the bidet. It'll, it'll only take me like 10 minutes, maybe. And I got stuff together and then I realized that the toilet was gross so then I had of course I had to clean the toilet and then clean the bidet because it's just been sitting around gathering dust and then I realized that I didn't have a wrench and then I spent a solid 10 minutes looking around the house for a wrench that I never found so I never even got to set up the damn bidet (laughs) so I had to buy a wrench online and I'm gonna have to wait for it to get delivered (laughs) (laughs) wow that's awesome yeah no it's dumb i should have made sure i had all my tools beforehand but whatever (laughs) that always happens with any kind of putting anything together um well i'm excited to well i'm excited to see your face i'm sorry this school year is going so crazy for you crazy for everyone any teacher anywhere I mean, I went to a doctor's appointment the other day and I overheard a woman talking to a nurse and she was saying how her kid is home remote now, can't wait for them to go in person. And the nurse was like, oh, yeah, mine, too. I'm a little bit nervous. She's like, oh, I'm not nervous at all. I can't wait to get them in there. He's like, everything's going to be fine. You know, those kids don't they're they're not going to get sick or anything. And she was just saying how she's got no worries and then I'm thinking, okay, what about the teachers? Have you have you thought about them at all? You know, it's like they matter too. They're there too at the school, you know, watching your kids, <laughs> teaching your kids. But no, no mention of that. And I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. Button. I'm not one of those people. You know, I think it's a lot harder, especially with strangers. You can overhear a stranger saying something crazy and have all the right things to say in your head and it just feels like I don't know scary you don't know if they have a gun that lady could have been crazy yeah I'm just saying but no it's true I reading all the stuff about because you know I used to be a teacher I have a ton of teacher friends still and reading just what they're having to go through yeah be worried for your kids. Absolutely. And you should be worried for your kids. But it's hard for the teachers too. like they know that kids need that social emotional blah, blah, blah. And they know it's hard when you don't have daycare and you have to go back to work and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's not like the teachers aren't struggling with the same issues, you know, but then they're also the ones that get exposed mm-hmm. to 90 of your children a day or 120 or 180 or however many classes you have to teach even if it's elementary and you only get exposed to like 25 kids a day that's still 25 people a day that 
you're expecting to stay six feet away from you and stay masked the whole day. And that's assuming that they're not actually sick. <laughs> I know. Like, I, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. I'm, I'm lucky to be able to be working from home, um, at least for the first month until the school kind of pushed me into a leave. But, um, it's, right. it's crazy. <laughs> and the childcare stuff is crazy too. Cause it's like, I'm home and I also have a kid who, who isn't in school because her school is closed and I'm just trying to teach and mother and all that at the same time in the same room and it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. How about you and yeah. all the yeah. fires on your side of the continent? Oh man, it's. It's been smoky. Oh, I slept through another earthquake. Oh, my God. You need to get out of California. Oh, my God. I just got here. I think this is the second one since I got here that my brother, who used to live in Los Angeles, but he's in Tucson, Arizona now, and he texts me at, like, midnight and is like, oh, I heard there was a an earthquake <laughs> are you okay? And I saw the text message at three in the morning. Cause I was just, I woke up and had to pee or something. And I was like, no, there wasn't an earthquake, but no, there was, there was one like 1130 or something. And everybody, they felt it as far South as San Diego. Wow. And no, I, I slept through it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I guess that's good. Yeah. You gotta right? put like a glass of water above your above your bed, like your headstand, Splash and let it, let uh -huh. it kind of rock over to you in the middle of the trembling. I think I'll just stay asleep. Yeah, that works I mean, too. I think it's probably best for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's exciting. We haven't really been affected by the fires. My brother, my other brother who lives up in Pasadena, he had to evacuate for a little while. I mean, like self. Eva evacuate but just because of the smoke because yeah their kiddos were having a really hard time and they couldn't go outside so they wow. they went down to stay with my sister in san diego but um yeah things are real smoky and a lot of people have been pushed out of their homes and california is kind of suffering right now yeah, it's crazy it is pretty crazy okay so enough <laughs> of the reality of the world how about some good old-fashioned escapism? Uh, Let's yeah. just talk about something else. Um, today, we are going to be talking about Cranston, Rhode Island. So, mm. you used to live in Rhode Island. I did. I lived in East Providence, Rhode Island. Do you know where that, do you know where Cranston is? Do you, does that name ring a bell? Nope, not at no. all. <laughs> uh, I Honestly, I don't either. I feel like everything is... It's such a tiny state. Wouldn't it just be, like, right next to you? Yeah, it looks like it's just south of Providence. Okay. A little southwest of Providence. So yeah. you're pretty close. So, so what's it like? What's the close. area like? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. It's just like a small a small city. I mean, I I lived in... I lived in actual Providence for a little while, and then I moved across the bridge to East Providence, but um, I don't know how to really explain it. it. I spent most of my time at the school. Oh, yeah, I get that. 
I get but that. I, but I definitely, um, I took part in some of the public transportation and saw some crazy stuff. I don't know. It wasn't, okay. wasn't bad. Saw some, you're like, yeah. there were know. people with piercings, there were tattoos. <laughs> I don't know. That's not crazy. I have piercings and tattoos. I don't really have piercings. I mean, my ears are pierced. That doesn't really count. (laughs) No, it does not. It doesn't. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. So, okay. We're talking about Cranston, Rhode Island. We're going to be talking about the Sprague Mansion. And I apologize in advance if I'm mispronouncing that because I'm going to mispronounce it for the rest of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Sprague. Sprague Mansion. uh, Sounds good to me. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you a little bit of history and then I'm going to tell you the ghost story and the haunting. And then um, we'll give it a grade. Cool. The Sprague Mansion, at least the original building that was the Sprague Mansion, was built in 1790 and was the center of like a farming operation. But after the milling technology was created the Sprague family became a cotton milling empire so they sort of took over and actually opened the first cotton mill in New England and then grew from there Hmm, I don't actually know what a cotton mill is I mean it's probably a place that processes cotton turns it into material and uh, string or things like that. That sounds legit. I believe that. Okay, let's run with it. Um, I don't, I don't think we, uh, and maybe we don't want to put this in here right now, but I don't think that we introduced it. Like, I don't, we didn't do the whole, <gasps> oh hey, I'm God, Allie. We didn't, shit. <laughs> Oops. Okay, no, let's do it right now. I'm, okay. we're gonna introduce this. Um, shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, uh, should I interrupt her? Should I interrupt her? Yeah, oh, nope, she's on a roll. Know. She's on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, cool. Okay, so I'm Becky. And I'm Allie. And Cranston, Rhode Island is obviously, obviously haunted. haunted. I will mash that shit up and it'll sound perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I will mash that shit up. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> mash right. it like mashed potatoes. All right. Um... So the way that they, the Sprague family, sort of built their empire is they used what was called the manor system, which you see a lot of. We should totally do some Midwestern ghost stories because, I mean, that'll be coming, I'm sure. But you see a lot of that in Midwestern mining towns. It's this idea of a whole town being built up around one company and Mm -hmm. That company owns all the houses in the area and, like, owns the school and owns the store. And so you work for the company and then you pay them back your wages in rent and for food and for entertainment because they own everything. But they also provide everything right there. Hmm. That's sort of how they built up and that's how... Cranston, Rhode Island became, you know, a city. So the workers made a basic wage at the mill and then they turned around and they paid all of that back to the company. Mm -hmm. 
So the Sprogs were loaded, like they were super rich, and they lived in this mansion that was the original Sprog mansion as sort of their central station for this business empire. So they did, I mean, the family was huge and they had adults living in different places and blah, 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 but that was like where four generations of the Sprog family lived and ran their business out of. So eventually the Sprog family ran into a tragedy. Uh oh. A massive sprog was running the family business from the mansion and he was brutally murdered. Mm. His brother William was at the time busy being a state senator in Rhode Island, so he was not in the city. And Amasa sort of watched over everything. Well, so during a routine walk to check on his cattle, because they did still have animals and farming and everything at the mansion. Amasa was jumped by one or more men and murdered. His body was found later that day and brought up to the mansion where it was laid out for a wake and viewing. So it spent days in the mansion before he was buried. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a man who was an Irish immigrant. His name was John Gordon, and he was accused of the murder. The reason he was accused of the murder is the Gordon family ran a store that was near the Sprague mill and f- sold liquor to the mill's workers. And the Sprague family, because they did have political ties, right, and they had a lot of money, they actually used that influence to make sure that the Gordon store didn't get a liquor license renewal so that they couldn't sell liquor to oh, wow. the mill workers. Yeah, so apparently Gordon was pretty pissed off about this and Gordon and Sprague were seen to have been fighting like arguing loudly in public very shortly before Amasa turned up dead so he was a natural suspect and he was convicted and hanged in 1845 and was actually the last person to be hanged in the state of Rhode Island I totally just saw your cat behind you, and, like, I thought she was a ghost. (laughs) I was like, there's someone, there's a dark shadow, like, moving behind you, Allison. Uh, That's funny. I lost my place. Cats are distracting. Okay. (laughs) So, what's interesting about that, that's, I mean, that little piece of history, you could say, oh, well, that's clearly why there's a haunting there. Maybe it's... John Gordon, or maybe it's Amasa Sprague, or who who knows. But what's interesting about it is that the public did not believe that John Gordon was guilty. So apparently he was kind of like, he was well-liked in the community. Mm -hmm. And so people from his the beginning of his trial just didn't believe that he did it. And a lot of people thought that William, the state senator, had actually paid someone to murder his brother in order to change the way the family business was going. So there was this whole conspiracy theory around Amasa's death, and William didn't make it any better because he actually did change the focus of the family business after Amasa's death, and and the business took off. Like, it made the family even wealthier. So mm-hmm. people, yeah. you know, people are going to talk. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They were already really rich. So I don't know if that's if that would actually be a good motive for murdering your own brother. But 
Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? So, by 1888, the whole fortune would be gone. So, that was in the early, like, so John Gordon was hanged in 1845. Just like 40 years later, their whole, whole fortune is gone. And part of that is because of the economic crash that happened after the Civil War. The Sprague family had to sell off all of their assets, and the only thing that remained in their empire, or of their empire, was the mansion itself, the Sprague Mansion in Cranston. And that was eventually sold to Cranston Printworks. And it was used to house their superintendents, but nobody really put any effort into maintaining the home. Mm -hmm. So it fell into disrepair, and... The town was going to destroy it, but a local resident decided that she was going to fight to preserve it, and her name was Viola Lynch, which is a great name, Viola Lynch, (laughs) and she raised $100,000 in the 1960s to buy the property and created, made it the headquarters for the Cranston Historical Society, and they restored the mansion, and so... It's now like a public museum and you can go and visit it. You can take tours, things like that. So they restored it beautifully. We're going to talk about the haunting. The haunting at the Sprague Mansion started really shortly after they had restored it. So it was about 1968 and Robert Lynch, Viola's son, was the caretaker at the mansion. So he was a kid, not a kid kid, but like in his 20s, right? Mm -hmm. And he and some buddies decided that they were going to use a homemade Ouija board. Oh, no, not the Ouija board. (laughs) No. It's always a Ouija board. Oh, no used a homemade Ouija board to contact the spirits in the house, and it spelled out, my land, my land, twice in a row. Ooh. That's weird, right? Yeah. So then they asked the spirit what they should do to help. What 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 can we do to help you? And it said, tell my story. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? The spirit they contacted called itself Charles and has become known as Charlie by members of the Historical Society. So members of the Historical Society even today talk about having experiences and anytime anything weird happens in the house, they say, oh, it's just Charlie. That's Charlie. It's just Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No okay. worries. It's just Charlie. So he was supposedly a butler to a wealthy family that lived in the mansion and his daughter was supposed to marry the son of the owner, which would have, of course, elevated their family to higher status and wealth. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the engagement fell through and Charlie never recovered. So that's why he feels like it's his land rightfully. Right. Uh, I have no idea if that's true. I tried to, I looked that story up. And tried to verify, like, any of the Mm -hmm. details of it. And I I couldn't. So I don't know. But there's some more compelling stuff to come. So 
Just wait. Okay. Mm. So there are other ghosts in the Sprague Mansion. One of them is in the infamous doll room. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't like that. (laughs) Your face, Mm -mm -mm. though. (laughs) No way. So in the doll room, this is a room full of antique dolls. Oh, my God. That range from like the 1700s to the 1800s. (laughs) Oh, my God. Burn it. (laughs) Burn the whole thing to the ground. <laughs> oh my god. I agree. Especially because some of them are like in really bad condition. So there's one there that like has no eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Oh wow. We need to like go there and like I can steal one of those little ones without eyes and like hide it in your bedroom one night when you're not like paying attention. You'll like roll over and there's like a creepy eyeless doll staring at you. Do you, <laughs> do you want me to be possessed? Is that what you want? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. You Better you me? than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If it was me, I would haunt the person who stole me from the museum, not the person who, who had nothing to do with the... <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, be careful. That is terrifying. Dolls are terrifying. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, no, we can't move on because it's not the end. It's not just that there's a creepy doll. It's that during a public tour of the mansion, there was a guest who recorded the the guide discussing the dolls. So they're just like recording the, the story. And when they played it back on their camera, there was a crystal clear EVP during the the guide's speech that sounded like a little girl saying leave my doll alone oh my god leave my doll alone (laughs) oh my god well couldn't that have just been the woman that was handling like holding the phone she could have been like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i don't know like i don't want to believe but do you ever go on reddit no okay i go on reddit i'm i'm a I think what they call a lurker because I don't really know the rules and I get nervous about posting anything. So I just lurk and read things. There are a couple of subreddits that I follow about the paranormal. And the thing that I find so funny is that people post stuff all the time that is really like it's really scary stuff. It's videos of stuff and EVPs and all this stuff. And everyone in the comments, anytime anyone posts anything in ghosts, <laughs> everyone's like, ah, this is fake. Like, they faked yeah. it, or this yeah. is what it really, yeah. oh, that's dust. That's not anything. Yeah. We're all skeptics. Yeah, for real. And I, I have that feeling of, you could catch some just honest, undeniable proof of a ghost. A ghost could come up to your camera have a conversation with you, you know, and nobody yeah. would believe you because everyone would just assume that you faked it. Yeah, I bet you're crazy. It's the same yeah. with someone that sees a UFO or something. And it's like, nope, they're just crazy. I believe Dan Aykroyd I, about UFOs. I'm just, I don't know what he feels about ghosts, but Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd believes in UFOs and he is very calm. He's not like the History Channel aliens guy. He's just really straightforward and calm and and convincing. I'm with Dan Aykroyd on the aliens. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, moving on from the doll room and aliens and all of that. 
The Sprague Mansion is also known for its Halloween parties. Of course. Of course, probably not having one this year, which is a freaking bummer, but Mm. hopefully in the future. So apparently during the first big Halloween event that they ever held, there was a group of ladies who decided to try a Ouija board out and it spelled out, tell Bob I need him. Does it make any sense to you? What about Bob? Right? No. So it didn't make any sense to them either. They like had no idea what that meant. However... It signed off VL. These women who were just partygoers had no idea that Viola Lynch, the woman who had originally paid to have or raised the money to have the mansion fixed up, had passed away about a year earlier. They also did not know that her husband, whose name was Bob, still worked there at the mansion and he would pass away less than a year later. Oh, only four months later. Wow, that's interesting. And also... And she said, tell Bob I need him? Yes. Aw, <laughs> that's kind of cute. Their love was pure. <laughs> uh, okay, so that really got me. I was like, oh, shit. Because they didn't even know that that's who yeah. it was. That is interesting. It's crazy. Damn Ouija boards. It's always a Ouija board. So at the end of another one of these Halloween parties, there were sort of a last group of party goers that were waiting to leave altogether. And some of the people that worked there or from the historical society were locking up. And as they were all about to leave the house, they heard a music box. Mm. And they could hear that like, faint tinny music box Mm -hmm. music the only music box in the house was in a third floor bedroom display and the whole third floor had been locked up and no one had been up there for hours and Lydia Raposa who's the curator of the mansion of the collection at the mansion was one of those people in that group and she was the one who had locked the third floor herself so she knew for a fact Mm -hmm. that it had been locked up and no one could be up there and it got wound up and just started playing by itself like opened up and started playing by itself Hmm. over the years the rhode island paranormal research group has held a handful of investigations there They've had some weird experiences, like being tapped on the shoulder by invisible people. They hear things moving around in the downstairs wine cellar, and all of their equipment went off at weird times, things like that. So they've had a lot of sort of circumstantial evidence during paranormal investigations, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the people who work for the Cranston Historical Society have had experiences or have had guests relay their experiences. So apparitions have been seen floating up and down the staircase and photographs that people take turn up with like weird blurs and things in them. And lots of people have used Ouija boards in the house and they've spelled out the name Amasa Sprague. Hmm. So... 
That's the story of the Sprague Mansion. Interesting. What do you think? I, I think it's kind of interesting. Some of the some of the things that have happened there. I mean, I think the the craziest thing about the story and with any story is this the Ouija board thing. And I wonder why Ouija boards have that amount of of power. You know, it's just super creepy. You know the history of the Ouija board, right? I I don't remember the history of the Ouija board if I do know it, so probably not. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting cuz people think of them as this like ancient spooky witchy thing or whatever, but they came out in like the 1930s or 40s and I think they were from Mattel. Like it's really? a, so it just started there. Like it didn't yeah. have any any Think like where'd they get the idea? They didn't get it from something else that was. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think so. And the whole thing with like the reason it's called Ouija, like it's O I J A. It's just we, which is yes in French, and ya J A is ya yes in German. Put together, Wea. It's a Wea board. I know. I it's it's not it's not anything really mystical. So it's sort of so I don't know if there's something behind it like talking people talk about talking boards or witch boards or whatever. But it's really hard for me personally. I think you'd have to do some real research because how do you figure out when people are kind of just grabbing on to um you know legends and stuff? Because we feel like, I think we have very little sense of history. Like, I think that a lot of people, the less they know, the more certain they are about how shit works. You know what I mean? Like, in last week's episode, um, the Santa Rosa episode, when I was talking to James about a ghost in an elevator and like, but I don't think there were elevators in 1801 mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I looked it up and I was like, Oh no, there were absolutely elevators. Like that was absolutely <laughs> a thing, but you don't, you know what I mean? You just don't know. Like you don't remember or you don't know the history, but you just assume that, yeah, that you know more than you do. And so I, I wonder about that when people talk about like ancient talking boards or whatever, like, do you really know that that was a thing? Or did Mattel just come up with this silly game hmm. during a time when it was popular or whatever? You yeah, know, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look more into that. Maybe that's interesting. No, it was it was cool. I mean, I like that there's like some creepy doll room <laughs> and whatnot. But um, I also feel like I could be very skeptical with some of the stuff that that has happened there. Maybe I think that. It seems like a really good place for a haunting because it has that background of a rich person was murdered there. So and that's a family home. So obviously they could be haunting it. Right. It's possible that they were murdered by their own brother and that an innocent man was hanged in Mm -hmm. that in their place. Well, that's a reason for a haunting. You but know. was he murdered in the house or you said he was brought to the house? He was brought to the house. So I don't know if he 
died there or if he was just brought there shortly afterwards. But he died on the land, you know, he died in the area. Okay. Okay. The one thing out of all the stories that I read that was truly compelling was the Viola Lynch Ouija board session. Mm. And I think the reason being, even though I just said that the Ouija board's a game, the reason being, I don't think, even if the Ouija board was made up in the 1960s or 1940s or whatever, that doesn't mean that it's it doesn't have the ability to be a conduit to the spirit world, theoretically, yeah. if you believe that that's yeah. possible. And if somebody tapped into something... It makes sense to me that Viola would use that space to try and reach out because she clearly loved it. She spent a huge amount of her life trying to restore it and maintain its legacy and her spouse and her child did as well. So it just makes sense to me. So these these women, though, that were going there... I mean, when they were going there, they knew that this w- this was a a mansion that had a history, right? Yeah. Like, don't you think they would have looked that up and probably known about her, even if they said they didn't? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you, what am I trying to compare this? I don't to? know. Maybe not. I mean, I guess when I was in Rhode Island, I did go around and kind of visit some of the mansions, and I just drove by and saw a bunch of them and they were big and really cool looking and I didn't like look up the history. So I don't know, maybe, but I would think if you were going to a mansion specifically to use a Ouija board, you would probably, you would probably know a little bit of the history of, of the mansion of a haunting of a death of something. I agree with that. And, and I would say that that is a great argument to debunk the story if they had just pulled up something from like a mass sprog or something like that because that's the history right that's the interesting part of the history it's not interesting Mm -hmm. that some lady raised some money like (laughs) so which is not to say that none of them had heard her name and just forgotten it or you know what i mean who knows how our subconscious leaks out in these situations but i don't know i I appreciate approaching any of these things with some skepticism. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was, I don't know. It's kind of cute with the whole Bob thing, but yeah, oh. I don't know. I'll give it a B something. B minus. <laughs> B minus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, actually, I liked this part. I, was, I was kind of hoping for like, when you said that the doll, the woman was in there like recording, but I was like, one of the heads is going to rotate or the <laughs> eyes are going to open. Like I was waiting for that. I was waiting for some real creepy doll stuff. Some crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Maybe I oversold it a little bit. I gave it, I gave it an A um, because it just felt fun to me. I think that, I don't know. <laughs> it, Sorry. <it's>, the story, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so different. I ruined now. this one for you. <laughs> He didn't ruin it. No, it's part of the Viola Lynch story. Apparently, her husband was so heartbroken after she passed that all he did was like paint portraits of her after her death. And one of them is hanging in the foyer of the mansion. Ooh. And that's kind of cool. 
So that idea of her reaching out from beyond the grave to be like, I need you. And him being like, okay, I'm going to let go of this mortal (laughs) coil and join my wife in the afterlife. It's so romantic. Oh, boy. You always get at me for being a hopeless romantic. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Maybe I only like it when it's like gothic romance. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Probably. (laughs) One of the two people has to be dead. That's has to involve a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. So A minus, B minus, it's like a solid 88%. It's a B plus. I would call it a B plus. Okay. I'm, Okay. I'm okay with that. Cool. Cool, okay cool, cool. cool, cool, cool. So, thank you guys. Thank you, Allison, for recording with mm-hmm. me. It was of so course. fun. <laughs> this is, we have one more episode. This is the last episode before Halloween season starts. Did you know that? I know. I know. It's almost spooky season. So, it's not. I thought it was already spooky season. Oh, wait, I mean, is it just like October 1st needs to be the beginning of spooky season? For I mean, me, I got I got pumpkin spice in my chai, so <laughs> it is I'm already yeah, it's already yeah. there. No, it starts in August. It does start in August, but because that's what I told Thomas, it starts in August, but <laughs> it also like officially is like the peak of spooky season starting October first. So that's like thirty one days of Halloween, right? Okay. Yes. Um. But it's not quite there. We're not quite there yet. But this is this is the last episode before. And we've got some pretty good ones for October. Our October episodes are going to be pretty good. Hells yeah. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to burp. Hold on. I might leave that in. Oh, definitely leave that in. That was impressive. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. If you're still listening, we're disgusting people. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, especially on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever you listen, because those reviews really help people find us, and that helps our numbers, and that helps our listenership, and that makes me happy. So the website, if you want to get show notes and links, is obviouslyhaunted.com. Or you can contact us and share your stories about the Sprague Mansion or yell at me for mispronouncing the Sprague Mansion or whatever you want to do at obviouslyhauntedpodcast at gmail.com. Send us, send us some of your stories of creepy dolls. Like, oh. I want to hear some creepy doll stories, people. I, I would love to hear some haunted doll stories. Please. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I do not have any dolls for this exact reason. No. Okay, and remember, Cranston, Rhode Island is obviously haunted. haunted. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.